Welcome to Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, in honor of my new rug, we're covering a famous cryptid. Yes, my office and our podcast studio now dons a rug with none other than Mothman! Mothman. (laughs) It's true. Mothman lives with Honestly Haunted now and forevermore. It's a really cool rug. But it also made me realize that we had not yet covered this majestic cryptid of doom. So we're going to get into it today. Mothman is a legend who has been talked about since the 1960s and is so famous now that there is even an entire festival devoted to him. Mothman's story begins with gravediggers. How appropriate, right? (laughs) On November 12th, 1966, in Clendenin, West Virginia, four gravediggers reported seeing something very odd at the cemetery. A giant figure that moved quickly among the trees that could be likened to a brown human being. One of the gravediggers, Kenneth Duncan, said it was gliding through the trees and was in sight for about a minute. Only three days later, two couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette, called the police to report that they were being followed while just outside Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Specifically, they were being followed by a creature. They described this creature as a large gray figure whose eyes glowed red when seen with the car's headlights. They also said it was a large flying man with ten-foot wings. At the point of the encounter, the couples were driving near a place known as the TNT area. This area is called that because it is former wartime industrial land, specifically from World War II, and it still contains explosives there to this very day. Beyond explosives, though, the area is also comprised of farms, woods, and wetlands. It's home to many wild creatures, including deer, rabbits, turkey, beavers, and more. And... Also, maybe Mothman. Maybe Mothman. Maybe Mothman! The two men from the couples told a local newspaper that the creature seemed determined to stay out of the headlights of the car and avoided the light at all costs. It also seemed to move at incredible speeds. The witnesses claimed that it seemed as though it could fly at 100 miles per hour, but while on the ground, the creature seemed kind of clumsy. After chasing the couples in the car to the very outskirts of town, the creature then disappeared into a nearby field. Roger Scarberry is quoted as saying, If I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything. But there were four of us who saw it. The couple's report in the newspaper spawned a series of other sightings and witnesses coming forward. In fact, after only three days of being in print, the Gettysburg Time then reported on eight additional sightings that had also been reported. Of these sightings, one came from two volunteer firemen who say that they saw a very large bird with large red eyes. Another sighting came from contractor Newell Partridge of Salem, West Virginia. Partridge's sighting comes in a different form, though. His experience with the Mothman began after seeing red eyes glowing in a nearby field. He reports that this occurrence happened just an hour and a half before the two couples spotted the creature. He saw the eyes from his house, and then his TV began to make strange buzzing sounds and show strange patterns on the screen. 
His dog, a German shepherd named Bandit, began to whine and bark terribly, and its fur stood up straight. The dog took out into the field after the red eyes and was never seen again. Partridge believes the creature is responsible for the death of his dog. Poor bandit. Poor bandit. (laughs) The sheriff at the time, George Johnson, said that while he believed these people had these experiences, he thought that the creature was a large shitpoke? Shitpokey? Shitepoke? Shitepoke? I don't know how to spell S-H-I-T-E-P-O-K-E. Yeah, Shite it, it's a bird, and it's in the heron family. Okay, so it it's a it's a large bird. Um, we don't know how to pronounce that, but, but basically that's what the sheriff said it was. However, when he was pushed on how it could move so quickly and how some other parts of these stories could it be explained if that was the case, he didn't have answers. The incident that perhaps cemented Mothman's place in history happened just a year after the sightings began. On December 15th, 1967, a tragedy occurred. Silver Bridge, which connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Gallipolis, Ohio, was packed with cars and full of traffic. The bridge, however, was not built to withstand this much traffic, especially not with newer models and heavier cars than existed in 1928 when the bridge was built. In fact, the average car at the time it was built was 1,500 pounds, but by 1967, the average was 4,000 pounds. On this December day, the single eye bar at the top of the bridge cracked. This caused the chain to snap and the bridge literally fell to pieces. It plunged the cars and pedestrians on the bridge into the icy Ohio River below. Overall, 46 people died that day from either drowning or being crushed by the wreckage. People began to equate Point Pleasant with the two major things that had happened over the course of the year, Mothman and the bridge collapse. As a result, people began to conflate the two. Some even claimed to have seen the Mothman right before the collapse, even some saying he was sighted on the bridge itself. This was compounded in 1975 when John Keel wrote The Mothman Prophecies. This book purports that the Mothman was actually an alien and that UFO and supernatural phenomenon in town culminated in and caused the bridge disaster. Since the release of that book, others have claimed they've seen Mothman before other disasters around the world. He's been sighted before major earthquakes, tsunamis, even before the 9-11 attacks in New York. This has led to a split in Mothman believers. Some believe, like Keel, that Mothman is an evil creature who either has bad luck follow him or somehow has a hand in creating and manifesting these terrible occurrences. Others believe Mothman is actually a warning. He appears to people in order to warn them that something terrible is coming. Him being an omen doesn't necessarily mean anyone can stop the event, but perhaps the forewarning can help some. We're going to share a couple of the sightings of Mothman that are tied to some famous events. First, the Chernobyl disaster. If you're familiar, if you're unfamiliar, been living under a rock. And, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and there's a whole show that you can watch to about bring it. you up to speed. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, we were not born. We were not alive in 1986. That's true. But we still know any everything about Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But so, we're also kind of weirdos. Kind so, of. So I don't know. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably a weirdo like you us. You should know what Chernobyl is. But, but if anyway. you don't, we're not shaming you. You just you just gotta. You gotta learn about it. Anyway, if you are unfamiliar, in 1986, in the Soviet Union, there was the world's first nuclear disaster when Reactor 4 at the Chernobyl plant exploded. 
Apparently, in the days leading up to the disaster, numerous reports of a strange winged creature were shared throughout the town, including some people who worked at the plant. There were so many sightings that the creature even got a name among the townsfolk. They called it the Black Bird of Chernobyl. Those who saw the creature even said that they began to be plagued by nightmares in the nights following. Others even said they got threatening phone calls from unknown callers as well. So spooky. So creepy. In 2009, in La Junta, Mexico, people began to report sightings of a tall, hairy creature with expansive wings and bloodshot eyes. One of these reporting was a student who said that the creature even chased him for 15 minutes. He was chillingly quoted as saying, those were 15 minutes of maximum despair. Oh. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's just maximum despair. despair. It's not a term normally. Heard. No, no. So when these sightings were being reported, there was also a steady rise in swine flu cases in the area. There was a massive outbreak in the Mexican state of Chihuahua where these sightings also occurred. In 1978, in Freiburg, Germany, a group of miners saw what they said appeared to be a headless creature with glowing red eyes on its chest. It then unfurled large black wings and then screamed a blood-curdling screech. That would get my attention. Yeah, yeah, it got theirs. So the miners stared at the creature in stunned silence until the screech, when they went running and left the mine behind. This creature, as it turns out, may have saved the miners' lives. An hour after the sighting, the men felt a seismic rumble and a plume of dust rose out of the mine as the mine collapsed on itself. If these men hadn't run out of the mine and had gone to their normal spots for work, as they usually would, they all would have been trapped and would have died. Even as recent as 2016, a man who had just moved to Point Pleasant claimed to have captured an image of Mothman jumping from tree to tree. This man says he didn't even know the myth before he began to show others the strange creature he had caught on camera. The legacy of Mothman lives on outside of these events as well. John Keel's book was made into a 2002 film with Richard Gere, and Point Pleasant as a town has fully embraced its Mothman history by hosting an annual Mothman festival which draws over 10,000 tourists every year. The festival began the same year as the release of the film in 2002. Unfortunately, the festival has been on pause since the beginning of the pandemic, but it is hopeful to return soon. Point Pleasant also has a 12-foot metallic statue of Mothman that artist Bob Roach unveiled in 2003. And in 2005, the Mothman Museum and Research Center opened with archives all about Mothman encounters and Mothman merchandise. So is Mothman a harbinger of doom, an alien from another planet, a creature trying to warn others about disasters, or just a really weird-looking bird? If you see Mothman, you may want to think twice about where you plan to go or what you plan to do over the next few days. Yeah. Mothman. Mothman. And it's weird. I had not, up and maybe until like the last year, heard anything about Mothman. Really? I had never heard, I had never heard of him before. Really? Because... I was about to call BS on the guy who moved to Point Pleasant and said he had never heard of it before. I was about to be like, sure, man. Okay. (laughs) No. But that's interesting. I really hadn't heard anything about it. And honestly, I I heard about it for the first time on TikTok. Really? (laughs) Yeah. There was like a popular sound going around with Mothman or people dressing up as Mothman for Halloween um, or, or just like fun like cosplay with costumes for Mothman. So I never, I really had never heard of it oh, until maybe like a year ago. that's fascinating. Yeah. See, I, 
I feel like I always, well, I mean, not always, I'm sure there was a time when I learned it, but I can't remember a distinct time because I, it, it was something that I just kind of knew about. And to be fair, I didn't know all the details, but I did know that he was associated with some kind of disaster. And oh. like, maybe I knew it was about a bridge, but like, okay. I didn't know all the details, but um, I did know he was associated with a disaster. And I did know what I knew of it was that he was kind of like an omen of something mm. bad to come. So I guess, however I learned the story was from the side of the believers that think he's an omen yeah. rather than causing them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess for me, it, it all, for, for someone not knowing about it, it didn't, I did not know the connections to the stories and yeah. all the sightings until we did this episode, but I almost thought it was kind of like a, not really a true cryptid. It was more of just like a, kind of like a funny story. Like oh, it, it was just yeah. kind of like one of those funny things that circulate like memes or whatever. Cause we talk about like, I um, can see that. Like, um, like nobody loves lights at Christmas time more than moths. And it's like, you know, yes. moth, moth like, man. Moth yeah. man, like, oh. no, but nobody loves it as much it's as moth man. Like crazy moth sounds. And yeah. he's like looking into the light. And I thought, I really thought it was just like a meme. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I never, I never knew to the extent all these sightings or connections with disasters. Well, I kind of feel like that makes sense. Cause I think, I think Point Pleasant at least has fully embraced it to the point that they are, they have definitely used it as like a driving factor of their own kind of tourism, tourism. Yeah. and, and all of that. So I, I can see why it would, it would kind of evolve in that way. Yeah. But it is interesting to think about the way the internet has kind of taken on the harbinger of doom. Yes. Encrypted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's really interesting all the stories that have come out about people seeing him. Yeah. And I what I will say is I so, the original story, what I knew, felt very um, mysterious. Mm -hmm. The whole, like, see people seeing it in the town leading up to the bridge collapse. What I've known about that, and I'm pretty sure I saw the movie a long time ago now. Like, oh my god, 2002 was 20 years ago. Oh, don't say that. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. I don't, okay. I don't like it. <laughs> I think I saw it sometime around when it came out. <gasps> um, oh boy. But I I feel like I buy into that in a way because of the the storytelling in the town and the way the town kind of came around that story mm -hmm. and like I don't know, it felt like it was almost like a a way that the town handles its own tragedy, which I think is really interesting and fascinating. I don't think before we started doing this research for this episode that I really believed it was seen elsewhere. Yeah. But I will say some of these stories have me questioning things. Like, like the fact that they, in, in the Germany story of the miners, they called it the, the Freeburg Screecher. And so some of these stories aren't even created because people are like, I want to create a Mothman story here. Right. It's like, 
that happens, and then people are like, this fits the description of Mothman. And that was really interesting to me. The Chernobyl thing, the fact that they had a a name for the Blackbird Black of Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a little... Yeah, and it's, it, it's weird kind of how, like, the universe and, like, t- how it all kind of works. Like, there's almost, like, this weird anticipation when you think back after days of, like, after horrible disasters. Like, was there something in the air? Like, did yeah. something... What, like, was the world around the event that happened aware that something terrible was about to happen you know like it's true it's it's the same way that i think people rally around where were you when x happened yeah i think a very common i mean maybe not as common anymore but i think our generation probably experienced this a lot the question of like where were you on Mm 9-11 i mean i feel like i've answered that question five thousand times Mm -hmm. in my life Mm -hmm. and it's because no matter who you are if you lived through some kind of shared experience that was tragic mm-hmm. or something like that there is this weird want to to know what your life was like at that moment mm-hmm. and what was happening and where you were and it's it's interesting because i think what you're talking about is the fact that there's like this reflective reflective period mm-hmm. And people are attaching this cryptid to that reflection. Yeah. And I wonder what that means. I know. I I think for... So, like, things like 9-11, like, the bridge collapse. Like, yeah. not natural disasters. Like, right. kind of man-made disasters, if, if you yeah. will. But, like... So it's interesting that we have a little bit... And Chernobyl, as well. Like Yeah, all of those um, are man-made. You know... I mean, the mine probably was, as well. Yeah, yeah. So, too. so it's interesting that, like... They, Swine flu, even. Inter- yeah. Interestingly, all the ones we talked about were somehow, at least, kind of man-made or influenced that way. Right. Um, it, there are stories about him being seen before earthquakes and tsunamis, too, say. but we didn't really talk about them. I know, but but it's an interesting thing. Like, if if indeed we're following this idea that, like, Mothman is a cryptid. Yeah. Something that exists in nature, although we would consider it paranormal based on, like, the work that we do. Right. But paranatural, whatever you want to call it, exists in nature. Things in nature respond to other things in nature before they happen. Like, animals know before earthquakes happen. Yes. Animals know before tsunamis It is the thing I have told you probably 50 times now, which is if we ever get any kind of notice that animals are running out of Yellowstone, I am moving to Mexico. Mexico. (laughs) Like, if the moment any animals in any kind of herd run away from Yellowstone... I'm I am taking their lead. Um, like Aaron's in laws because they are going to know. Aaron's in laws live in Mexico, and I will be with her. Yeah, with we are packs. we are going. Like there's, so. there is no way to stop me if that is like because they, they will know. They will know. They will know, and that's like actually scientific. Like I read I because again I'm really uh, kind of obsessed about the super <laughs> volcano and and like how I can survive it. <laughs> um, I have read like papers about the fact that scientists are like the animals will know before. Before we do. Yeah, they will. Genuinely, they will They will know before we do. So it's so curious to me that this idea that Mothman is aware of man-made disasters before they happen speaks yes. a lot on, like, a higher plane of paranormal for me. Like, yes, something like, that exists on a different dimension of time. Societal awareness. Yeah. Ugh. Things that happen 
that, I mean, horrible things that happen caused by man that happens before men even have any idea it's going to happen. And you know, you saying that, so something that I think is interesting is that one of the big theories, at least of that book, and, and I think people have kind of built off of that theory, is that he's like an alien or like it's a yeah. UFO type of phenomenon. I'm intrigued after hearing you say that i'm like why has nobody ever thought that mothman has to do with time travel oh yeah i mean it, how I'm, else would they know to go to those moments or when or where or or they're in tune enough to understand yeah. those things that happen because i mean i have to think like for, for for mankind like human beings like those events have a ripple effect yeah right and and like we talked about like we feel those events like through time and we often wonder what life we try to remember what life was like before those moments like i can tell you like i was in fifth grade when 9 11 happened Same. i don't really remember anything that happened up until that point like some yeah. some little memory like childhood memories obviously but it's like i don't remember like what my day-to-day life was like mm-hmm. in those moments leading up to it and then after that i do remember like what the day-to-day right. life and so i don't know like the ripple the idea that like this like ripple of time effect out of order could be felt like on another dimension i don't know it seems like a true science fiction <laughs> movie but yeah but for me with it's like the butterfly things, effect yeah yeah but this idea that a creature could be in tune to that and try to, like, save people while they can, or just, or if he's trying to save people, like, in the minor situation, I think I could see it, like, he was trying to warn them. Right. He scared the mess out of them, and that's why they left. Like, there's gotta be a better way to communicate. I'm, okay, so I'm about to, like, get super nerdy here for okay. a minute. I know, you don't watch Doctor Who. I know that I know. about you. I know I, I would like it. I I love it. So, if anybody else out there is listening, they might kind of know where I'm going with this. In Doctor Who, there's an episode where they go to Pompeii. Oh. And they... And basically, the Doctor says, like, this is a fixed point in time. We can't change it. Yeah. And the idea is, like, if you can't change that because it it is a cornerstone of the universe and time and space. Right. And, like, it has to happen for the world as we know it to exist. So it's a fixed point. And his companion, Donna, who, if anybody out there is listening, Donna's the best companion. Fight me on it. Um, Or don't, because you agree. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, basically, by the end of the episode, Donna is like, but can't we just save some people? Mm. Can't we make a difference for a couple people? Can't we just save one can't and so basically what they do is they save one family and that doesn't change the fixed event because the fixed event still happens right but that family is able to live on and so like they were still able to save some lives and it was like it, it was this idea of like you can't change this whole event, but you can change people's lives yeah and you can save you can exactly and so Honestly, like, I, I'm, you're saying all of this and I'm thinking of Mothman as the doctor say, going back and, and saving a few yeah. and being like, I can't stop this from happening, but I can maybe save some people yeah. from the, this fate. And that, so I almost wonder, like, I think of all the instances in which Mothman appeared to the people in town and where the stories started circulating, like, 
I'm curious, like, where were they on their way to that stopped them in their tracks to be yeah. completely derailed? Like, did it just, was it enough? Was it, like, final right. destination kind of stuff? Like, they stopped them for 15 minutes and prevented them from getting in a car accident. Yeah. A student that was chased for 15 minutes in the other direction, like, did it prevent Instead of him? going in some place where something would have happened. What if he got, like, ran into a gang mm. and got mugged and beat right. up? You know, like, any, I think it's any number of those moments, like, yeah. that lead to, like, if I hadn't lost my car keys this morning... And had to spend an extra five minutes looking for them. That person who just ran that red light totally would have T-boned The me. butterfly effect. It's the butterfly effect. Yeah. So it's a whole interest of like ripple of time I think is super fascinating. It is And if Mothman is a character. And that, so I think I have a hard time <laughs> with Mothman. I think because he does kind of maybe fall into the UFO category a little bit. But just the name. It sounds a little comical Well, it me. does. Yeah, it, it definitely does. you Google Mothman, like honestly there's only one like archive image that shows up when you google mothman and honestly it kind of reminds me of the angel slash vampire in midnight yes, mass it does. Oh. <laughs> and you really can't what what you see in the picture and obviously we'll post it on social media it looks like i see a head i see wings and i, I see two separate see, feet i can also see why people view it as a bird oh absolutely picture, yeah um the thing that i think is interesting giant to know yeah yeah absolutely giant um it's we should like maybe take a minute to note the reason it's called mothman is because of that book that john keel wrote yeah yeah and so it wasn't necessarily called that before the that creature book. didn't have that name beforehand people people described it and they described it as maybe this bird-like figure the red eyes that was one that like stayed through many of the stories <laughs> large wings that all that um so I don't quite know where John Keel got <laughs> Mothman, Mothman from, yeah. but it stuck. And I thought that was interesting while we were doing this research too, especially because of the stories of like, it doesn't like the light and moth, moths love, love light. light. <laughs> so it doesn't super fit with it. And so I think a lot of, a lot of the more contemporary internet-y type memes of Mothman really play into that idea of like Moth Mothman. Man. And that's not necessarily what a good description for what people actually saw. What the cryptid likely is. Look, I like. mean, I would say like Bigfoot is an easier name to understand for what Sasquatch is. Like, it's, it's not it has big feet. Big feet. <laughs> but yeah, if you if someone who never heard the term Sasquatch was a Sasquatch, like, that right. sounds so silly. Like yes. so silly. Like that doesn't I mean, mean. I mean, yeah, like. I, I don't know. Cryptids always have weird names. Nessie? Usually. Like, why is a sea creature called Nessie? Yes. Well, <laughs> Loch Ness. Well, Nessie. yeah. I, I mean, get what you mean, But though. I... We yeah. we put on almost, like, nicknames for it's, them it's to help like, us understand. It's like... what What is that term? It's like we... It's like when you take objects that aren't real, but give them a personality. Like, with, oh. if you're like, um... You're like, my, uh... Like we call our cars by names. Oh, what's that called? Yeah, what's that term called. It's not object. Uh, not object. Anthropomorphizing. Maybe. I think. Yeah. Um. But I it's like, like it. We'll run with it. Yeah, we'll run with it. <laughs> but e even though I mean these things are alive, I guess yeah. if we believe in them, so it's not quite the same. But it's that thing that humans do to connect to things. We and do have so, a habit of doing that. We do. We? And in a way for cryptids, maybe the reason they have more cutesy or funny or simple or even childish names is to 
help our brains be less scared to like yeah. process it. Yeah. I think I mean when we hear Mothman, it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily go straight to the panic of thinking about that means doom is on its way. Doom is coming. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that probably brings us to our verdict on Mothman. I'm gonna say honestly, honestly not haunted. <laughs> I could I don't know. I I'm I was not prepared. Haunted. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I hmm. We probably come from different places on it because I had really not never heard of it before. Yeah. And so for me, like hearing it over the last year, the 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 presentation of how it became I've how I came to learn about it was very like comical, kind of funny, sure. very meme like, doesn't really exist outside of the internet kind of thing. Yeah. Like, there are stories, obviously, of, of something that has been seen, some sort of creature that has been seen, and there are, like, reports of that, so I obviously can understand that, but for it to be associated only in my mind as Mothman is hard, <laughs> because yeah. other than, like, the red glowing eyes, there's such a variance in what people have seen. That's true. Well, me. I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, the red glowing eyes, but the wings have all stayed the same. Yeah. People have said it's a tall, hairy creature. Um, but I meant, like, more of, like, sometimes we hear black, sometimes we hear brown, sometimes, like, no colors are detected. Gray and brown are, yeah. the, are the two big ones, but I could, I could see those being mistaken for each other. Maybe. Gray or brown. Especially if we're seeing them in the darkness or at night. And no, Aaron, no. I've drawn, the, I said no. <laughs> I've drawn a line in the sand. I think it's just, it's one of those that, because it, and it's going to sound like, because I didn't know about it for a really, really long yeah. time. I want, I mean, I think it's, it's more urban legend to a certain locale for sure. sure. Um, so it's not as widespread as yeah. some of the other cryptids that we have like talked about before, or at least... So there's something similar to it in other parts of the country that's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we've got one of those too. But because right. it seems so isolated and then it doesn't necessarily with the the German one, the one in Chernobyl, I just don't see how it all fits together for me. It's, I just have a hard time. Mm. I just have a hard okay. time seeing how it fits. And see, I think that's the, it's funny because for me, the sightings at other disasters is what makes me hesitant to say not haunted. Oh, okay. So because I think... So the part that's hardest for me to buy is actually how it looks. Yeah. Because I I want more there. I want an explanation as to, like, why it looks that way, what it is, where it comes from, all of that. And I don't have answers for that. Yeah. For some reason, though, I buy... I buy people having this, like, shared vision, sighting, whatever, before these disasters. And maybe it's psychological. I'm, like, talking this out right now. Like, maybe I, maybe I buy some sort of, like, psychological comfort in thinking that you saw something while you're processing grief or a tragedy or something. Maybe, I don't know. No, that's a thing. Yeah, like, like, maybe it could bring some sort of comfort in in which case i guess i would say not haunted if i'm thinking it's a psychological thing right but that being said i don't know i i kind of just love the idea that there's some sort of entity out there that's warning us before terrible events yeah i mean i like the idea that something would do that too right so i'm i'm with you there but i just 
I guess I don't know where I stand, yeah. totally. I, I think it's fascinating, and I'm really, I'm just really intrigued by it all. I, yeah. I want to hear more Mothman stories, I want to know more about it, I want to not see it in person. <laughs> ideally, um, yeah. I, ideally, not. <laughs> but I want to know more stories, I want to know more about it, and so I'm very intrigued by the Mothman story, which is why I'm so hesitant to say Not Haunted, I yeah. think. Um, but I don't quite know where I land on it all. Yeah, I think, I mean, with Point Pleasant and, because the, the, that seems to be the main community where the festival right. is hosted, right? So I d- and it that's where seem, it all kind of started. Well, yeah, so, so for me, I, I see it as maybe something funky happened to, like, one or two people and it kind of caught on like a lot of urban legends do and it kind of grew to be something that could be monetized and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's okay that it's monetized. People enjoy yeah. Mothman. Oh, yeah. Like, and we're not saying like, how dare they it's try like to like, yeah, it's like people come to, people love this sort of thing. Oh yeah. So why not have a good time telling stories? I would love to go to the Mothman Festival. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love to go. So, but it does seem to have been maybe a little monetized tourist kind of thing which is all good all good but i think it might have been amplified to support those endeavors for me that's just what it feels like the other thing i i'll say too and this probably backs up your verdict more than (laughs) mine um there so we didn't include it in like the main story just because there wasn't a ton of like facts behind it it was just kind of one off a one-off thing i read in in one article where some people said that there was actually from the industrial war land mm. that there was some toxicity or some leaking of things, oh. and, which I don't know if that's the case because like I feel like that yeah. would be a little bit more known. But so anyway, this like one one-off line in an article said some people think that this toxic whatever deformed a bird. And oh. that's what people saw during those years, the, during that 66 to 67. Mm-hmm. So those sightings were real, but it was like... Some sort of mutation to... Basically, the... yes. And and the reason I didn't like fully bring that up is just because I feel like if, if you already... If people widely know that it's industrial war land that still has weapons... I feel like they would know if, like, this is actually toxic and deforming and mutating animals. animals. Because people go there. Animals yeah. live there. Like, you would see yeah. other mutations. It would likely show up. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, that could be one explanation, but I, I don't know how much I buy that. Yeah, I think in stories like this, like, there's a lot of things that you can't explain away. And yeah. I understand that there are some things that you're not, and that's why the legend exists. Exactly. And that's why a lot of legends exist. Like, yeah, some things are easy to kind of just, like, put a label on it. Like, this happened because of this, this happened because of this. This is the natural order of things. Right. But then we know that every once in a while, odd things happen to people all the time in in order, and Mothman shows up to try and prevent it. Tries to prevent it. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think that's just a interesting way of how our brains try to sort information and in that when stories like that, of the, like I think of the, the four people who saw him in the car, the student who saw and ran for his life, yeah. totally terrified. Those stories are enough to snowball and to get everybody convinced that it could be yeah. multiple of one it could be multiple of a same creature throughout it could be the same creature showing up in all these various spots anyway, it's enough to get people talking which, i agree yeah 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 fun stuff good stuff thanks so much for listening we'll be back with more honestly haunted 
Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted.